For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I'm delighted, I've been lighty dotting. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top, man. These boys, they be potting. I trust them like a lot, and they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops are super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been first fiddled it in. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so damn delight. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the medley, alright. Davy Delight, Davy Delight, da 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 Davy Delight, hey. Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to continue on with our 2021 uh, college football previews. Today, we're going to tackle USC. And on the back half of the podcast, we're going to give you guys our uh, Debbie rankings for the quarterback position. We're going to give you 10 through 6. Uh, last week, we tackled North Carolina, gave you 15 through 11. Um, if you're looking, listening back, we're going to combine those at the next episode when we're going to 5 through 1, and we'll kind of give you guys that 1 through 15 all over again. As always, I am joined by my partner here, Stoops. How are you today, sir? Doing great. Doing great. Um, last one was fun. We talked about it when we started. Like it, was, it was a lot of fun to to dive in a little bit deeper on on you know the the team itself kind of essentially project you know who we think's gonna take over certain roles and obviously talk about sam Howell. that was fun so <laughs> i had a lot of nice things to say about Mr. i was surprised Howell. i uh i figured you would be uh happy with this and then of course obviously when we first talked about this you and i were definitely talking about how who were we going to talk about first and obviously we both talk about our guys you know what i mean our guys being you know somehow last week this week we're gonna talk about usc and keaton slavis i'm a obviously a big fan i mean i know you're a fan as well not yeah. the crazy thing about it is it's not that you're not a fan you just we just both have them you know one and two uh, flip-flop you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying and and i know that's not uh, the consensus right now but this is the debbie delight make your own rankings so Folks, um, what we're going to do is like we did last week. If you missed last week's episode, go ahead and listen back to that. We talk about uh, USC in depth, or I'm sorry, North Carolina in depth. And then this week, we're going to talk about USC. But what we did was is we kind of dissect the positions, I think, on, the, on both aspects. It kind of gives you a preview in the college football season, but we also kind of gave you a preview what's ahead for the Debbies uh, following a couple seasons. You know what I mean? What's what's Stoops kind of breaks down their incoming class? Maybe, you know, who's after Slovis and who's after some of these running backs? Who's after these receivers? And USC is one of those teams that we kind of joked about this off the air, but we're going to bring it up now. So last year's record, five and one. Um, the one thing about the Pac-12, and I'm going to little, you know, I'll kind of go in this a, a little bit later when I talk about Slovis, but the season was very weird for the Pac-12. It was an on again, off again, on again, off again kind of scenario, which was very, I'm sure, frustrating for the for the players. 
Um, there wasn't a whole off season. There was a lot of already, you know, guys like Amon St. Brown, Tyler Vaughn, those guys were already on the team, but there was some other fluctuation from the offensive line defensively. Some of those guys, in, and of course the running back position where it was consistently, you know, ever changing. So they couldn't really get their feet wet. Um, their 2020 recruiting class, they were ranked 64. Um, I do believe, and, and Stoop said something about it, it's potentially, I think they had some sort of sanctions where they could only get X amount of players. Um, if we're wrong, let us know. You have no problem doing that. So, um, and then also talking about that as well, um, their 2021 class was very strong, mm-hmm. um, ranked eighth. And then Stoops, I think they were at 13 in the 2022. 11. They're 11 now. Okay. Yeah. So since I pulled the rankings, they are now 11 in the um in the ranking so for 2022 and that's going to fluctuate i think throughout the season you know what i mean it, it will but we're giving you as of you know february whatever day today is we're giving you their uh 2020 recruiting class but well and what i find what i think is great is is because they were 64th right they whatever happened i don't know but then you go to the 2021 and the 2022 class they're going in the right direction. Yeah. Seeing as how USC got the number one player in the nation for the 2021 class. And then in 2022, they've got the number three overall player. So it's like they're, and they're both on defense, which is great, right? You know, it's going to help build the they defense. They need that um, defense. Yeah. Good Lord, their defense is terrible. So it's, it's one of those where they're going in the right direction. Now, what are they going to do? Yeah, see, that's the thing. If you look at their team, and you can even talk about like Stephen Carr, yep. right? Five star running back, yep. and has done nothing really. You know, nothing of note, nothing of note for this team that really like it, it's. I think it will obviously. I'm not saying anything bad about Todd Helton because it's Helton, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. That's what we'll go so, with. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> Clay Helton. It's Clay Helton. Sorry, <laughs> Clay Todd. Clay. Same thing. Um, but the thing about it is, for me. You know, they're giving up like 26 points a game here, which, which is a lot. You know what I mean? You know, that's that's 47th in the in the country or whatever out of 128. But the thing about it is, is getting these guys to play. Is it Clay Helton? Is it the coaching staff? Like what USC has this weird dynamic where they're they're in California. It's mm-hmm. easy to recruit. One of the easiest teams. It's like recruiting in Miami, right? You know what I mean? You're in Calif- sunny California year round. You're not dealing with snow like Stoops and I had to last week randomly in the middle of the, yeah. you know, middle of February. But the thing about it is, is it's USC. They always recruit the talent, but what they do with the talent, I, nobody ever knows, I don't think. But so um, breaking down the roster from which that we're seeing it from today, um, just looking at their website. Um, so obviously the quarterback, we have Keaton Slavis coming into his junior year. We have running back Keontae Ingram transferring from Texas. I think that's going to be massive. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but I think that's a big move, big time move for them. Obviously, we have Stephen Carr, obviously. Um, Drake London, Joshua Jackson, John Jackson the third. Um, we've got a lot of Jacksons here. Um, we got Bruce McCoy, Gary Bryant Jr., and then of course we have the tight end, Eric Cromenhook. Cromenhook. Sure. <laughs> and then of course, uh, you mentioned Jude Wolf. So uh St. Brown, Tyler Vaughn, gone. Right, you know what I mean. Two key, two two key players off the roster. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Stoops, give us a little details on this upcoming class that's coming in here. Yeah, so for the upcoming um, recruits, they've got they've got coming in from the current class that's 
coming on campus or already on campus in some cases. At the quarterback, they've got Jackson Dart. He was a four-star guy, number seven overall, um, pro-style quarterback, 68th ranked in the nation. Um, number two player in Utah. Not that there's many coming out of Utah, but he was number two. So then we got Miller Moss. So actually, Jackson Dart, 6'3", 210. So um, relatively good size, right? I know someone over here likes the 6'5 and up, but... 6'3", 210, pretty good size to it. Miller Moss is the other guy, 6'2", 197. It's a little bit on the lighter side. Four-star guy as well, and he's the eighth-ranked pro-style quarterback, 75th player in the nation. So they've got two quarterbacks coming in that are ranked within the top 75. So that's 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 awesome. Definitely good to have You know that solidified because nothing's worse than you know, you've got your quarterback, you're doing your thing, and then they leave, and who do you have, right? So having those two guys to kind of duke it out and fight for that next next spot's going to be big. You've already mentioned it, running back. Keontae Ingram transfer in. Um, I think that's huge. I think Texas dropped the ball big time on that one. Now, don't get me wrong. Bijan Robinson, monster, right? We kind of expected him to take over that role sooner rather than later anyway. But just the way Texas used Keontae Ingram, I felt was was awful. Right. I mean, he showed that he can do it. I mean, you look at 2018 stats, 142 rushing attempts, 708 yards, 27 receptions, 170 yards, 144 carries in 2019, 853, seven touchdowns, 29 receptions, 242, three touchdowns in the air. So get him the ball. Right. Hopefully USC can do that. Um, I, I think he's going to be he's going to be one of the if not the guy, he is definitely going to be top two guy. Right. Um. If they were smart, they'd make him the guy. And I agree with you. And we'll talk about I, that I in a minute or two when we talk about the running back position, but they'd yeah. be very smart if they did. I 100% agree. So then the key re- key recruiting aspect on it, um, not a highly ranked guy, but um, he was the highest running uh, ranked running back they've recruited. Um, and I don't think they, they focus too heavily on that just yet, which a lot of times you kind of just get what you can. But because of who they still have on the roster, I don't think it hurts them that they didn't get necessarily a highly ranked top running back. But Brandon Campbell, um, 5'10", 190, he was a four-star guy. He was the 16th ranked running back and 47th ranked player in the state of Texas. So he's from Texas, so he's got to be good. Um, (laughs) Then you move to the receivers. Uh, They got four guys coming in. Um, Kyron Ware Hudson, 6'1", 200 pounds, four-star guy. Um, Michael Jackson. To keep adding to the Jacksons. We got <laughs> Michael Jackson. Have the Jackson five out here. I'm just saying. Um, six foot one ninety eight. He's a three star guy. And then Joseph Manjack. He's six three, two hundred pounds. I think he's one to to keep an eye on. Um, he's he's out of Texas. Um, he was he was six hundred eighty eighth or eighty seventh in the nation. So it's not, and I don't mean it in the sense because he's from Texas, but it's just one of those. And I'll say this: we always talk about him, the footwork king, right? He works with a lot of guys. Joseph Manjack has, has been working with him already. I, there's just something about that training that really separates guys in certain areas. So his footwork, his speed, I think is going to really help. We'll see what happens. Um, he's definitely going to have to earn that role. He's not this top five-star guy coming in that's you know shown and proven himself on the, the, the big stage. But nonetheless... One last guy, KD Nixon, Nixon, uh, smaller guy. He's actually a transfer from Colorado, 5'8", 182. So he's got the college experience. He was a four-star coming out of high school, but a three-star in the NCAA transfer portal. So just some numbers, I'm sorry, some some guys in that receiver, running back, quarterback position that, you know, this year and or years to come for those campus Canton leagues um, to keep an eye on. And, and, you know, if it's a deep league for sure, go and stash some of these guys and and, and take your chances with them. It's, it's, it's better to get them early. 
um, in the 20th round or whatever, then wait the one year and have to get them in the fifth or something. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Potentially so fifth, obviously. Okay. That might be an exaggeration, but. So, yeah. Keaton Slovis, we're talking about the quarterback position here. Obviously, Slovis is going into his third season. Um, we saw we saw some numbers dip down this past year. Um, and we mentioned a little bit the on-again, off-again season thing. I really think played a toll on this offense as a collective, or just this team, the mm-hmm. entire Pac-12. You know, one minute there's no season, and then they finally decide to have a season. And then the moment's notice, like within a month of finding out, yeah, you're going to have a season. Now you're, you go from – I'm not saying these guys don't stay in playing shape, but you kind of told them, hey, you know, they're probably working out, but they're not as – you know, rigorous with their activity as they kind of typically probably are. Obviously that's on them, but I do think that hurt Slovis. Okay. Um, His stats, obviously he only played in six games, but um, the interception total was high. His completion percentage net went down four points. I don't really compare the touchdowns because if you double the numbers, he actually would have been, uh, he would have had a higher, um, more touchdowns, but he also would have had the more interceptions if you double the games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there was a lot of things to to kind of criticize Slovis with in um, his year. You know, the 67 percent completion percentage down four points. I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, the deep percent, the deep passing percentage. Um, we talked about how uh, over 20 yard completion percentage. Like I said, Sam Howell 46.6. He was second. Uh, Slovis is actually third. He only had 39 attempts compared to uh, how 60, which is insane to think about 60 deep passes, but actually random thing as I'm looking at Dylan Gabriel had 80, uh, 20 plus um, attempts la- uh, last year, which is crazy to think about as well. But um, they're only the only two people they're behind is actually Spencer Rattler who has a, a cannon himself, but Slovis had 46% completion percentage on his passes over 20, uh, 20 plus yards. The one stat that it kind of stood out to me and I understand it's under 10 yards, but Keaton Slavis completed 86% of his passes under 10 yards. That's just, that's a high, high number. Uh, a few things that I looked at, we bragged, I bragged about Sam Howell a little bit last week about what he does when he's blitzed 63% completion percentage. Keaton Slavis was 69% completion percentage last year when blitzed. I was very impressed with that. The only guy that was higher than him, strange, uh, two guys, sorry, two guys that are higher than him. Spencer Rattler, which is interesting. We'll have to talk. We'll obviously talk about him on a future episode. But the other one was um, Grant Gunnell. Um, he was, hmm. but he was only blitzed thirty. Uh, he only had one blitz, th- twenty-two of thirty. Uh, thirty, comp- uh, thirty attempts. Sorry, I can't talk. Thirty attempts there. Whenever uh, Slavis had seventy-one, and then Rattler had eighty-three. But another crazy thing is Sam Howell was blitzed hundred and eleven times. Well, he was blitzed more than that, but on his passing attempt, one hundred eleven, he completed seventy percent or seventy. Of those, but 69% completion percentage when blitzed. I do like that a whole lot for Slovis. He did convert 49 of those or 32 of those 49 attempts into first downs. Big, big stat there. Um, now, late in the game is where I was having a problem. Um, it, his first half stats are early in the game, first half stats, nine touchdowns, five picks. Right. It always seemed now I do blame Slovis and I do blame the defense, but also do blame the fact that they don't have a run game. I'm not, but I'm not going to completely take all the blame off Slovis. I feel like it's like a, a 60% Slovis, 20% defense, 20% not having a run game because how does benefit from that strong run game? You know what I mean? The 2,500 yards from Williams and Carter, but who cares? He still does what he needs to get the, get the job done. He needs to do it as well. 
second half stats, eight touchdowns, two picks. Um, and the crazy thing about it is those first half stats, he had three first half, three first half touchdowns on St. Brown in one game. So the other five games, he was really six touchdowns, five interceptions in the first half. I need consistency for four quarters at a Slovis. Obviously, if they're playing from behind, it doesn't matter. He needs to get the ball into playmaker's hands. He needs to get the ball out of traffic. He needs to get the ball out of his hands and score some points early on in these games. And he needs to be show showcase more consistency. Slovis is somebody that I've seen range up and down a lot of different draft boards. Um, I like Slovis a lot. I would I would use my old reference of what everybody used to love to tell Stoops and I regarding a one highly recruited um, um, player called Jordan Love, and I would say watch his 2019 tape. Um, it, it's funny to me because how soon we forget. Okay, I'm not saying Slovis didn't take a, st- a little bit of a step back because he did have a rough season. He did have the more picks. He was a little bit more impatient in the pocket. Okay, but let's not discredit what he did in his freshman year. You know what I mean? At a big school, 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, he had the 3,500 yards. He did complete 70% of his passes. You know what I mean? We need to be consistent with our criticism across the board. And that's what Stoops and I try to do on the show. You know what I mean? I'm not saying Slavis is imperfect because he is. You know, he, he does. he's not the perfect quarterback. It's just like Trevor Lawrence. You know, you get in the argument. Of, it's, <laughs> it's overblow Trevor Lawrence right now. Everybody has a take on Trevor Lawrence that's not good. Because everybody's been hyping him up as the be all end all. We'll watch, you know, watch some tape on Trevor Lawrence. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what the stats say. When you're 30 and two as a starter over a three year period, you did something right at the quarterback position. Well, what drives me so crazy is this he can have 30 phenomenal throws. Yep. But it's the five. Yep bad ones that he had and that might be an exaggerated example but but that's my is, he has saying. all these phenomenal throws but it's the the two overthrows in the end zone the one the underthrow on the out route like okay so, so, so you tell me find me an nfl quarterback that didn't do the same thing exactly and see that's the thing so i was reading an article yesterday from thor nystrom i think it is his, yeah. his name on twitter is at thor ku but you keep on hearing about how Lawrence isn't a good deep passer, right? And the funny thing about it was, is Lawrence in the last decade, nobody has ranked higher than him on deep passing putt, uh, 97.7 PFF grade on throws over 20 plus yards down the field. I know we're getting off on a little bit of a Lawrence tangent right now, but that's just kind of happened. But my thing is, is um, for me personally, I, I just don't feel like we watched the whole entire tape. As a collective whole, it's like with Trey Lance, you have to watch the 2019 tape, but you can't watch the one game that he did play that it looked like garbage, right? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. well, don't watch that game. No, no, no. We watch all the games. You know what I mean? Slavis did struggle. He, it's going to be key. St. Brown being gone is going to hurt. Tyler Vaughn being gone is going to hurt as well. That's a, that's a lot of yardage off the table. But I do think they have some playmakers that can step up and make plays, especially Drake London, who I absolutely adore, and we'll talk about yep. it later. But um, I think Keontae Ingram will help Slavis this year. I think that's going to be a massive, massive upgrade. I, I love Ingram, and I, I can't agree with you more that they just did not use him right down in Texas. And I think that he has the playmaking ability to kind of open up the passing game a little bit further for this team. And if he does, that's going to help Slovis in the passing game. But, all right, and ran on Slovis. What are your thoughts on Slovis there, Stoops? Yeah, everything you said, I, I agree on. And I also wonder... 
a lot of times when a quarterback comes in first year starter, they kind of, the coaching staff is, is I would say almost a little more timid on play calling, right? Call the easy plays, get them easy check down routes, give them some deep throws, right? Mix it up, but get them the easy options. I'm, I'm almost wondering if second year starter, they said, all right, we're going to open the playbook up a little bit more. We're going to let you make decisions more so and kind of thing. And, you know, with the weird season, off season, whatever, I think that played a factor, like you said, but I also wonder if, you know, it, it's kind of a combination of that plus the, they're opening the playbook more, kind of letting him make the decisions. And now he's learned from those mistakes. And here's a, he didn't look awful, right? It's not like he just went out there and just looked the worst quarterback we've ever seen, but he made a few more mistakes in a shortened time frame. Um, but I think he's going to learn from those. And I think we're going to see a repeat of 2019. Um, very similar to that. Will he stick in the, let's call it six to 11 interception range? Probably. Um, that's very possible. So, but I think his touchdowns again, like you said, if you kind of, you know, projected out for a full season, he would have been in that same range as the 30, if not a few more. Right. So, um, it's one of those where I think he'll still be, like I said, in that 6 to 11 interception range, but I think he'll fall into that 28 to probably 35, 36 range on touchdowns um, back over his 3,000 plus passing yards. I, I think he's just going to get back to what we saw, you know, as long as we get that full season like we are expecting to happen. Yeah. Um, so you, you hit on hit on the points, you know, the yeah, the numbers may look worse, but he only played, what, six total games. Um, good news, I told you. Um, his rushing stats didn't change. <laughs> he just gets sacked a lot. You know, yeah. it, that I hate that. I hate that college thing. thing. Yeah. I hate it so much. Like, please change those. I just um, would, like, if he gets sacked, don't take, right. like, no. Like yeah. now, now, I will say this. If he breaks out of the pocket and starts to run and gets yeah. tackled behind the line, cool. I'm good with that. But it's like, I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole thing. Yeah, and um, one, last, one last note about uh, Slovis. Um, his red zone stats are absurd. Uh, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions in the red zone. You, you love to see that as well. Um, What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So, Ingram, car, running back situation. Talk about it, Stoops. Yeah, you said it at the start. Carr is just one of those, like, you're kind of confused on, right? And we know this. Five-star prospects don't always pan out, right? When you're in high school, um, especially if you, you grew up kind of in that same area for your whole life, you people know who you are. They say you're the guy. Um, they're going to get you the ball. You're going to show that you're the guy. So it's, it's one of those where when you come in, you, you have all the expectations. The It's just high. And he hasn't quite done 
what everyone expected. He's done enough to, to obviously still be the starter for however many years, or at least a focal point of the offense per se. But Keontae Ingram coming in, I, I think he's he's coming in to take over that role. I really do. And I think Carr is going to just be a, a second, you know, change of pace kind of guy or, or, or fill in on, on certain plays. It's just, man, I just hope USC gets him involved, gets Keontae Ingram involved. I, I hope we don't see another year of give Ingram the ball. He runs it three times for 62 yards, and then yeah. you don't give him the ball for another quarter and a half. Exactly. Like, you, he's I just, all, I, he's got all the talent, man. It just makes no sense to me. So if we don't see, and I, and I honestly believe this, if we don't see Keontae Ingram carry the ball 175, 180 plus times, and get at least eh, his receptions have been fine. 27, 29 for the 2018, 2019 season. That's about what you'd expect from a typical college Freedom offense. Yeah, yeah. You're not throwing like Mike Leach where your running back's going to get 80 receptions. Like it's okay. Look at Car- it, Carter and Williams had around the same. Yeah. So the receptions I'm fine with, as long as we still see in that 25 range, I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's the carries. You got to get the ball in his hands, and that's just going to mix the play calling up. It's going to help the passing game. It's just going to help everyone, right? It's going to keep the defense on their toes. So it's like, and again, we're, we're I'm going to the Texas stats, but he had 53 rush attempts. Now I understand Bijan had a lot more. I get it, but it's one of those where, but you look at Sam, right? Sam, what Ellinger did, he had the ability to throw the ball more because they had the running game. It's just how it's got to work. So. I'm hoping that that we see a, a balanced offense this year for USC, and I hope we see the progression that we you know expect, um, especially when they have these top recruiting classes. Like you're getting top guys in, like you've got to perform. So we'll see. Um, they've got a, I wouldn't call it an ultra tough schedule, but I mean they've got they've you know we've said they got Notre Dame on the schedule. Um, they've got a lot of dates that aren't set yet, so we don't know what week certain things are playing. But there's Stanford, you know, that's always a tough game for them. Um, Arizona State always seems to be a tough game for them as well. Um, so there's just certain games on the schedule that that can be tough, um, just for whatever reason. But we'll see. I think this running game's got to get going. Um, it, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the key point for this offense this year, I think. Yeah. So a few things when I was looking at the stats from you know, catches and stuff like that. So since 2018, um, you know, you brought up County Ingram had 56 catches um, in those two seasons in the same time frame, USC has 74 total catches among all of their running backs. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, that give or take, that's about 20 less, but we're talking about one running back, two seasons mm-hmm. compared to, I think it was five total this past year. They had, um, they had step who averaged 3.7 yards a carry car averaged 3.8 uh, Malapay. Average 4.4. So nothing impressive. And even through the passing game, you know, 16 catches. Yeah, that's nice. But 64 yards, 16 catches for 64. That's not that's not giving your quarterback ample opportunity to make some plays. Um, over his career, Ingram averages 5.4 yards a carry. That's going to be huge. It's going to be very, very huge for this team. And it's going to be interesting to kind of see what they do this year. Um <clears throat> I will say this real quick. I'm looking at their – I pulled up like their recruiting thing. The one concern I have on the recruiting aspect is it doesn't seem – for whatever reason, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but they're not recruiting offensive line very heavily. 
Yeah. That's concerning for me because I'm looking at it and it's like quarterback, quarterback, athlete, running back, receiver, defense, 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 receiver, tight end, corner, defense. You get my point. Like it's just yeah, every and, and other position, is, but offensive line. Yeah, and the in the seven, hang on one second. In the uh in the seven games, I think it was last year that they played, they averaged three sacks a game on Slavis. Yeah. You know, he had twenty one he had twenty one sacks, I think, on the entire year. So for their yeah. their highest rate, their highest recruited twenty one class, their highest rated um, offensive line position they got was a three star, eighty uh, seventh in the nation, twenty eighth ranked offensive tackle. So it's and now we've seen three star, four star guys obviously blossom. Yeah, for sure. But but I just feel like when you get an offensive lineman that's six six three twenty and he's a four or five star highly rated guy, that's who you want especially at a program like USC. That's yeah, a concern for me. It's just, they're not there. It just seems like they're not making the offensive line a focal point. Yeah. That's, it's troubling because you know, you need that. That's why, that's why Alabama's so good year in year mm-hmm. out with running backs. You know what I mean? They could run the ball, you know, the way they do because they have guys that are capable of doing big time playmaking things. Um, the wide receiver position. Um, there's some guys I love on this wide receiver crew. I was looking, I was kind of diving deep in some of these guys, obviously only in six games, but Vaughn and Brown are gone. That opens up about 74 receptions from this year, 840 yard, 884 yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, it, just what we saw last year alone, Drake London stepped up, right? Yep. In, in the six games, he had 33 catches, which he had 39 in, in, in his freshman season, but he did raise the um, yards per catch up. He's got 15 and a half yard, 15.2 yards per catch, which is impressive. Obviously, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's going to get the move, the, the chains moving. Um, very impressed with what he did last year. If you look at a couple of his big time games in the first game against Arizona state, he had eight for one twenty five and a touchdown. And then of course the game against UCLA, he had five ninety seven, two touchdowns. Um, he had everything. He had about four of those six games where he was over 90 or 70 yards in a touchdown, eight catches here and there. So I think London is, there's no question that London can step up and be that number one, but you know, kind of outside of that, what do we have to look at? Right. Kyle Ford, somebody that I think that we can look at, um, you know, he's, he should slide into, to Vaughn's role. He he's coming back from an injury. I think that's one, that's one key for him. Um, Bruce McCoy slides into St. Brown spot. Now I'm not going to say he's going to slide into that spot perfectly guys. Calm down. Cause St. Brown is a monster. I love him. I think Bruce McCoy comes in. Um, he made some big plays. He had a game uh, against Oregon, the last game of the season, 676 and a touchdown. So Bruce McCoy, I think somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, Michael Triggs, he was recruited as this is this is the one that I'm interested. Okay. All right. This is the name that I'm going to throw a dart on the wall and say that this is my guy. This is the guy that I think that you should be looking at, especially in your debut rosters. Michael Triggs. Um, he's recruited as a tight end. Okay. Um, but it looks like they're going to slot him into the wide receiver role. Okay. So I'm sitting here watching some tape from high school. I mean, it's high school. I understand. You know what I mean? But I, I'm looking at this guy, 6'3", 230, four-star prospect. He's a big guy. All right, let me watch some of this tape. And he is a monster. Making play after play, bouncing off guys, catching balls uh, in traffic. In the, in, the t- in, the, in the red zone, he's, 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 got, he's double covered and still managing to, to catch passes. Um, he's taking slants down the center of the field. And then on the flip side of it, I'm watching these things and I'm like, wait a minute. Is that Michael Trigg sacking the quarterback? He's playing linebacker. <laughs> like this guy is a multifaceted guy that has uh, uber amounts of talent. 
it, it kind of surprised me to see them move him because he's a little bit thicker of a of a of a of a wide receiver, but I think they can utilize his big body to be a red zone threat. I really hope that we see him on the football field this year with Slovis because I feel like he can up the tight end game, which I think has been such a having a good tight end works, right? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I just feel like it's a security blanket, it's a safety blanket. And and even looking at some of the stats from last year, they didn't have in this obviously only in six games, but Grammar Hoke, he had nine catches. Jude Wolf had two catches. Like 11 catches between both of your tight ends is not something that is exactly ideal, right? You know what I mean? You'd like to have that security blanket. So Triggs, for me, can be that security blanket. Like I said, he's got a big body. I really like this kid a whole lot. It's And it's somebody that I believe that should be on your, your Debbie radar. Um, like I said, he's a freshman coming in. But um, if you have time, at some point, everybody at home, go back and watch some of Michael Triggs' uh, fantasy stuff or uh, from uh high school stuff because he's a monster um stoops any thoughts on what we see out of this wide receiving crew yeah everything you you said is is kind of my same thought process i think mccoy i think mccoy is gonna be a what's the word i'm trying to think of the right term um he's gonna be a key key point right I, i think he's gonna be one that really does need to step up i mean he was man i don't i don't know if you remember his his recruiting situation but he was i think committed to usc and then he committed to texas and then he enrolled in texas and then he transferred to usc he was just back and forth on both of them but he was i mean if i remember i don't have it pulled up but i think he was like a top 10 recruit like in the nation um he was he was a stud coming out so we just got to see again five-star five-star guy that hasn't lived up to that five-star rating just yet so hopefully this is the year i mean he's gonna have the opportunity right when you've been when i'm on our st brown's there i mean that guy's you know at tyler vaughn's and you've, you you were behind some guys so i think mccoy london i think even gary bryant jr they're gonna be guys that really do play a huge factor in this um offense this year they know the offense they've been around so they understand the play calling so it's gonna be very interesting but yeah Man, they've got the talent. That's what it comes down to. Yes, they're losing two phenomenal guys, right? Two phenomenal talents at receiver. But when you've got Keontae Ingram coming in at running back and you've got McCoy, London, Bryant, like you were saying, incoming guys as well that just can, can make it happen. We've got to see. We've got to see some some wins out of this team. And, and and I'm not expecting them to be, you know, next level to where they make the college football playoffs. I'm not saying that, but you got to do something. I, I think that they have the opportunity. It always comes down to coaching and, and checking in on McCoy. He was a ninth-ranked prospect that year. Yeah. Five-star prospect. He did commit to Texas and kind of dipped out. Mm-hmm. And just kind of looking at some of the information, he was an, he was also an outside linebacker as well um, in, in uh, high school as well. He was a he was a dual threat. Um, high receiver. He was a receiver and outside linebacker, which is insane to think about, which mm-hmm. kind of adds to what we talked about. Like I talked about with Trigg, you know, 6'3, 230. You got McCoy, six, you know, 6'2, 205. You've got some, you've got some bodies around to make some play. And McCoy made a couple plays during the season. You know what yeah. I mean? He, he looked okay. I'm not saying he, was, he wasn't consistent. He had a couple games with one catch, but, you know, game against Arizona State, five for 51. The game against Oregon, six for 76. Like that to me is key, right? You know what I mean? Making the plays. He had the touchdown catch in the fourth quarter from from Slovis. So they they have the tools. It's about putting these pieces together. You know, Helton has got to get the pieces together here, or, or he's probably going to be out of a job. Period. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a 
that's a high in demand job in some aspects, but it's not in some other aspects. You know what I mean? They've always had a hard time kind of bringing in a high named coach. So I don't, I like them a lot. And obviously I'm not just saying that because I'm a Slavis guy, but I think they have the offensive weapons to kind of fill the void of Vaughn and, and St. Brown, maybe not on that same level, but watching Drake London, I really like, I like London a whole lot. You know what I mean? And, and McCoy, I'm kind of excited to see a little bit more from him this year. So I'm a big fan, obviously, of this team and what they're capable of doing. And uh, it's going to be an interesting 2022 for this team. Well, and like you yeah. said, it's it's they've got to win more than seven, eight, even nine games. Yeah, like USC is one of those programs that – so let's, let's go on the flip side. Let's say like a – I don't know. Let's just call it a UTSA. Totally yeah. different end of the spectrum. But they win eight games in a year. They're just like, all right. We've got it. a great season, <laughs> we right? <did> it. <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, they want to win every game and whatever, but they win eight games perfect. Yeah. USC wins eight games, they get a new head coach. Yeah, they're eight like, four. That's it's crazy. Like, oh, again? Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's what happened at Texas, right? You know, he yeah. had, I think he finished with like a seven, eight win season, but if you're not winning 10, 11 games, if making, you're not competing you know, for the national yeah. championship, then they don't care. Exactly. That's what they want. So it's just a different level of expectation at schools like this. And and especially if you've got, you, you listed it off their 2021 recruiting class, eighth in the nation. Yep. Currently they're sitting at the 11th, you know, for 2022. So it's like, they're getting these guys, like you've got to get it done. And it starts what's well, already started technically, but like it definitely starts this year. Like you're getting top guys come in. So they've, they've got to win t- nine at worst, Yeah, but 10, 11 games this year to, to really, they have have a pack to do something right yeah so they i mean i feel like they have to make it they've got to be playing in one of the big five bowls the outside of the national like obviously you want to be in contention for the national championship but you know even if you're not you got to play in one of those bigger bowls that you can play in Mm -hmm. that isn't you know national televised you're not playing on christmas or exactly years you know new year's eve which i mean obviously the new year's eve games are a little bit different because you can play on new year's eve or whatever new year's day you're playing for the national championship but that if you're not playing those games you got to play in one of these key bowls so if they're not, then we could be looking at a new transfer of head coach, which, you know, what does that yeah. say about the talent? You know what I mean? You got a new system. You got a new breakdown. You got new all these things. Thank God Slavis is leaving. That's all I got to say about that. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, folks. Um, that was the USC breakdown. Um, man, I'm having a blast with these stoops. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's, it's a lot of fun. Next week, we're going to have a um, – we've got a couple names on the board from uh, some people that asked us to cover some teams. So I'm excited to kind of tackle those as well. But – um, if you have any um, people that you want us to cover, let us know. Like any team that you want us to cover between now and and whenever, you know what I mean. Like we, we've got a long time to do these because there's an off season. We just kind of you know got bored, not bored, but we're over talking about this 2020 draft class. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna cover it leading up to the draft. We'll probably do a live draft show like we did last year. Um, that was a lot of fun. We'll have a, we have some guests that will potentially line up and have on with us. But you know it's time to move on. You know what I mean? You know, we are a Debbie podcast, but we like, we're like the big scope of everything. You know what I mean? We're breaking down the college football season on several different aspects. And I'm looking forward to it, but the transition here, I'll quit rambling. And last week we covered the 15 through 11, uh, quarterback, uh, rankings for the Debbie. This is Debbie rankings folks. So we covered 15 through 11 this week. We're going to cover our 10 through six Stoops, I'm going to let you kick it off this week with your 10 and nine. Yeah, so my number 10 Uh-oh. is uh, Bryce Young oh, out of okay. Alabama. Yeah, um, Midget. It, yeah okay. exactly. <laughs> it um, it, It's mm. now, again, can things change? Sure. But it's it's almost a clear cut. Like, he he's the guy now. 
right? He's going to be the starter. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. I mean, they just – Alabama's a team that they don't rebuild, they reload. So, <laughs> yeah, they're losing, you know, Smith and Waddle, but they'll be fine, right? Yeah. They've, they've got some guys um, absolutely there. So Bryce Young's coming in at 10 for me. And this is where I said last week, spoiler alert, um, you're going to hear his name again. I got Carson Strong at number nine. Um, just a big fan, man. You know, it's one of those where there, there's certain guys that I may not have, you know, watched much on or been as in, in depth on, you know, as others. Um, but I come around eventually it might take me a little longer, but I come around. So yeah, I've got Carson strong at number nine. So I like him, I like him quite a bit. Uh, Carson strong is a guy when we talk, start talking to about the 2020, um, 22 draft, I feel like this is a guy that you know, another good season. He could be in my top five, yeah. top, you know, top three, top four, you know what I mean? Of, of this draft class. It, it, it's somebody that I, I really wanted to rank a little bit higher, but I, I just wanted to see a little bit more out of, because honestly, this draft class is weird. There's a lot of talent, but it's just like, you know, I looking at the 2022 class, I'm looking at my list of all the players that would be technically eligible. I mean, any one of these guys could really be ranked number one at the end of the season. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, Number 10 for me, I've got Brock Vandegrift out of Georgia, 6'3", 205. He, I think, again, this will probably change in like a week, maybe two. But out of all of the, I mean, obviously I haven't ranked the highest out of all of them. But he, I think, is my favorite of the 2024 uh, quarterbacks right now. As of, you know, whatever today it is at this date, at this time. He's my favorite of all of these guys right now. Drake May and him, I had May at 11. Mayo is almost ranked higher, and it wasn't just because he's 6'5", but um, Vandegrift, 6'3", 205. I'm a big fan, and yeah. So coming in at number nine, I've got Matt Coral out of Ole Miss. Um, ah, man, I like him a lot. I, I, I'm, But my thing with Coral, okay, so this is my problem with Coral, and I'm, I'm going to rant on this real quick. Is he good or is Lane Kiffin's offense really good? Like that's the that's the question because – his stats were exponentially higher this year. And they, he looked really good this year. But, but, I don't know yet. So I, I need to see another year out of him. He was, he had some, you know, he made some stupid bonehead throws, but you're throwing a lot of footballs in that old mess offense because their defense is just atrocious. And that's just how Lane Kiffin, you know, Lane Kiffin's like a mini version of, of Mike Leach out there. So uh, that's one team that I would be interested to talk about in the future as well as uh, Mike Leach and his squad. Cause yeah, I, was highly disappointed in that team this year. So I think everybody was, but um, not to go. That was just random. Sorry. Um, all right. Eight, seven, and six. This should be, should be get a little fun here, I think. So real quick, I, I'm going to say this. I, so I love Brock, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. I don't think he even becomes the starter at Georgia. And I think mm. he transfers. I think Gunnar Stockton's going to be the guy mm. when the time comes. Yeah. That I it's gonna be interesting. They're both great quarterbacks. Yeah. But having I don't know if you watched the game. So there was a game where Gunnar Stockton and Brock Vandegrift they played each other. Yeah. And Gunnar St- just it, you gotta watch anyway. Anyway, that's a whole different thing. Okay, where are we at? Eight. Eight, seven, eight. and six. So for me, number eight. Stoops, I've got like, Steve- I'm gonna, Stoops is like I'm gonna drop some bombs and then I'm gonna go back into my rankings. Yeah, just like that. I got CJ Stroud. Um 
it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens in the the Ohio State quarterback room, kind of who who does take over. But I like CJ Stroud a lot. I think he's definitely going to he's going to thrive. I mean, they've got like you said, nine thousand five and four star wide receivers there. It's it's insane how how stacked they are at receiver. But does McCord enter this year or is he next year? I think it's this year. I think okay. I I could get it pulled up. So I know he's twenty twenty four. He's in my bottom part of my range, but. I was interested to see like Stroud and him. I because, think it's this year. Yeah, I think McCord is this year because Stroud was a freshman last year. So it'll right? be interesting to see if that that quarter that quarterback room is going to be interesting because it's yeah, that's be, what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm ready for their off season. So seven, I've got JT Daniels out of Georgia. Um, like him a lot. I, I think what we saw last year was was definitely a a step in the direction we expected to be. Yeah. So um, the only the only man. Georgia just oh, God, don't remind me. <laughs> yeah, Georgia and their quarterbacks like it they seems way like too long to get him in the damn game. You know what I mean? Well, that, they did. It was like, hey, where was this guy at three weeks ago? Whenever you could have put him in. Well, but it just seems like too like sometimes they are almost too timid with their quarterbacks, and it yeah. seems like it's a little bit different with Daniels. It seems like they're kind of opening things up a little bit more, but. It, Georgia just kind of qu- I question what they do with their quarterbacks sometimes, but all the, all the time, don't say, yeah, all the time. So number six, um, I've got Matt Matt Carl out of Ole Miss. I, I I like him again. Like you said, though, is it is it him? Is it Kiffin's offense? Is it what what is it? But nonetheless, I mean, it's what we saw is what he did, right? Yep. Whether it be him and the offense, him or the offense, it doesn't to me. It it is what it is. Yeah. We saw it happen. It's on the field. He looks good. Um, excited to see what he can continue on this year. Um, but yeah, that was my eight through six. All right, for me at number eight, I've got Bryce Young. Um, I, I am. I'm very neutral about Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. I am. I I struggled to have him at eight. I did. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I, I really did because I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if I. Whenever we saw him play, he just. I don't feel like he was. He really enamored us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm excited to see potentially in the future with that Jalen Milrow, I think his name is Jalen Milrow, the quarterback that they recruited out. He's like six three two six, but I I don't know. I don't know if I buy Bryce Young. I I'm, I'm not as high. I understand he's a five star, and he, obviously he's gonna have the opportunity. You know what I mean? We'll see what he does. Maybe he got maybe he proves us wrong. There's nothing wrong. You know it, it happens. It's happened plenty of times on the show. But I got him at number eight. Number seven. I will talk to this guy. Talk about this guy until I'm blue in the face. But Harrison Bailey is my number seven. I am higher probably than you don't have him higher than I do. I don't have him at all. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to say I'm like higher than most on him. And then you'd be like, yeah, well <laughs> about that. Um, Harrison Bailey for me, part size, but there's a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. My biggest concern is obviously playing at Tennessee. I don't know who's running the football. I don't know who's going to catch the ball from him. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's going to throw it up and catch his own passes. I, at this point, I have no clue. They're about I to play with a bunch of walk-ons. Stoops and I are about to go play at UT. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we're about to go, um, you know, catch some. Pa- I mean, hey, I'll take a couple of ba- uh, you know, McDonald's bags. You know what I mean? To come play for UT. <laughs> Seriously. Speaking of which, did like did Harrison Bailey get like they were like giving out the bags? It's like, hey. Um, make sure to give him the super size kids meal. You know what I mean? Like the super, super size kids meal. But, um, and then number six, I've got Spencer Rattler. Um, okay. So Spencer Rattler prior to this week's research was not in this spot. Spencer Rattler is a guy I think will go up my rating 
rankings over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to dive a little bit more deeper into him, but whenever I was looking at the stats and when I talked about it, when we talked about Slovis and we talked about um, uh, uh, how his stats while blitzed 20 yards down the football field, his passing attempts, you know, he's completing like, I think it was like 60% of his passes over 20 yards, which to me just blew my mind because that's impressive enough. But I, he struggled early in the season. Stoops and I, we talked about that. But I think the second half of the season, he's looked really good. And mm-hmm. I am starting to come around on Rattler. And to be honest with you, like it, I'm high. Obviously, we have, I haven't spoken about Jaden Daniels. Yet. I've, got, I've got him a little bit higher in my rankings. And we'll talk up, obviously, talk about him next week. But uh, I'm struggling with the Daniels Rattler combination right now. I really am. Like that to me is, is really really a struggle for me because I feel like I could probably have my mind changed in like two weeks where I think Rattler's higher than Daniels, which obviously, you know, I I know you have Rattler higher than Daniels, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, that to me is he's somebody that I think could be easily be the QB one this year. So I like him a lot. I, I don't know. I just watch more of him and, and his arm impresses the hell out of me. So we'll see what he does this year. We will. But that was fun. I, I, I'm 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 really digging the uh, kind of the deeper dive that I've done. I think this is the deepest I've re- you know in the almost three years that we've been doing this. This is really the I really dug deep for some of these rankings to see kind of the idea of these forthcoming classes. Um, I'm hoping that we are able to kind of see some games in person. Um, yeah. You know this year because I feel like there's a lot of potential to be had high school and college, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm, you know, Vanderbilt's right down the street from my house. You know what I mean? Like, do they, are they great? No, but they have some good, you know, SEC schools that come into this town and, and really play. So I'd love to see some of these guys, you know, up close and personal, you know what I mean? So for me, I'm excited to see what's in store and I'm excited to talk more about these teams because this has been fun. So anything else before we go steps? Nope. That is everything. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Tell, give me give me a uh, one sentence synopsis on Haynes King. One sentence? Yes. Um, Is he good? Yeah, I, I think he's going to be a playmaker. Okay. That's what I think. I think I like he's going to be a playmaker. Okay. He he fits. I'm going to go on two sentences. I run on <laughs> sentence. I run on sentence even at that. He just fits what Jimbo wants at quarterback. Yeah. I guess that's kind of a better he he fits what Jimbo wants at quarterback. He oh is agile he can run he can make plays with his feet um but he can he can throw the ball right i think it almost seemed like i'm going on a paragraph now it almost (laughs) seemed like when he did play when he you know whether the team was up big down big whatever it was when he got in the game he just it seemed like he had a different level of confidence yeah which is key at quarterback i think the confidence is is what is really needed um I'm put it this way. It, it, I think it's more so my excitement that Mond is finally gone, <laughs> but I'm more excited going in with Haynes King at quarterback. Now it hasn't been said, but it's seeing as how he was the number two guy last year. It's, it's kind of said right. without being said, I'm more excited going in to this season than I have been years prior. Yeah. Uh, my, 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 my expectations were high over the past couple seasons, but at the same time, we kind of got what we expected. Um, 
So I'm excited going into this year. The biggest thing for me was the offensive line, but I feel like they addressed that with transfers. Um, they got some big, uh, big time recruits coming in. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah, he's one of those things. I I don't know a whole lot about him. I was playing around with my rankings and I had his name pop up, so I was interested to see what you had uh, had some thoughts on him. I um, almost put him in my top fifteen, but then I took a step back and I was like, you know what? Like, I it, basically it was either going to be him or Sam Heward. It was going to be one of those two, and I was like, no, honestly, I like Sam Heward a little bit more. Um, actually, quite a bit more, and I really like Sam. Uh, or I'm sorry, Haynes King. But yeah, yeah. Too- it's going to be a lot of fun because, you know, obviously we'll cover an A&M at some point. Um, I think I got him on the schedule at some point, but be interesting to see a little bit more about him. But uh, I, I pulled up the schedule real quick to kind of give you guys what's ahead um, following these, the next two weeks. We're going to cover Maryland and we're going to cover Ole Miss. So I'm excited uh, to kind of cover some not so great, like Ole Miss isn't a big school. Obviously, we get to dive deeper into Matt Corral. So, I mean, I'm pretty excited about that. And then, of course, Maryland, we have uh, two of his brothers out there, right? Correct. So, I'll be interested to see. Um, he can't be any worse than his brother, right? So, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll end it on that note before I get yelled at. So. They got some good receivers out there, though. I'll say that. I will say this. Maryland. Uh, I will say this, guys, before we go. Uh, one more note on Tua. If he was so good, why are they trying to trade him for Watson? Um, all right, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Debbie Delight. Make sure to give Stoops a follow on Twitter at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valer underscore. Give the show a follow at the Debbie Delight. Make sure to check out the music city drive-in.com. You can check out all the other shows on the Drive-In Podcast Network, including our friends over at the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Um, I've got some articles coming up in the near future about this upcoming draft, the 2020 draft. And uh, I'll post our Debbie rankings whenever they are done as well. But thank you so much for listening. And if you have any teams that you want us to cover over these next couple months, feel free to reach out to us. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.